Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers in Vancouver tonight. They practice today. They're down a bunch of defensemen. I mean, Oscar Clefbaum, we know, gone for the year on LTIR. Slider Cuckoo moved to LTIR today after breaking his collarbone. Ethan Bear currently on IR today, skated today. Dave Tippett says he's not quite ready. William Lagason might be uh, the closest to returning and maybe a little bit of a surprise as to how well he fit in and played. Maybe not a surprise to our next guest, though, as we head off to the River Curry Resort and Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show for our weekly Monday report as we go on the farm with Oilers farm team head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, Jay Woodcroft. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for taking time. A uh, couple wins, and, but before we get to that, just Lagason. Uh, I mean, you know I was watching things closely. I tend to be, uh, and some would say I'm an offensive personality, but I, I like offense, so I was focused on Evan Bouchard a lot, but I know that you really liked what you saw out of the maturation and progression with Lagason. You're probably not surprised that when he went in, he did a pretty good job for the Oilers. I think he excited a lot of fans. Yeah, no, uh, William uh, played very hard uh, for us down here in Bakersfield over the year and a half that he was with us. And uh, I thought, um, you know, he his work ethic allowed him to continue to develop his strengths and work on some of the areas in his game that he needed uh, to get better at to be a, a full-time NHL hockey player. And, um, you know, when I think of uh, Bill, I think of, someone who is is uh, ultra competitive um who is uh, a man's man down low in the trenches uh, with in puck battles along the boards and and around the blue paint um he makes other teams pay a price and uh you know i i think he he's just continued to get better last year he didn't he didn't uh, just the way the nature of the year went he he didn't 
play a ton of games. Um, so uh, for him uh, to get a, um, a healthy look this year and, and make very good on it, uh, I think it's exciting for him personally. I think it's exciting for the organization to see another kind of late-round draft pick uh, develop into an NHL hockey player. I think it's uh, it's a success story for our scouts, for our development team, and uh, at the end of the day for the Oilers in general. All right. Well, and you didn't take any credit for that. And I, so I'm watching uh, Bear and Jones, who you had, uh, Bouchard, who you had, Lagason, who you had. Dave Manson played in the National Hockey League a long time and almost had to kind of reinvent himself a bit. At one time, he was sort of a uh, an off. A, he was always tough, but an offensive-minded defenseman. Then came more of a shutdown guy. Uh, how much does it help having a, a guy like that that has you know had that much experience in the National Hockey League on your coaching staff? Yeah, I, I think the world of Dave. I, I mean, you talk about someone and his range of experiences. And the very first thing I think of with Dave is that he was a first-round draft pick. He was in the NHL as a very, very young man. Uh, so he learned how to survive and learned from some good veterans on that Blackhawk decor. He um, ended up playing over a 1,000 games. He scored over 100 goals. He was an NHL All-Star at one point and one of the most feared men in the game and so that's a very unique range of experiences uh, that he can draw on as a coach what I like about him as a coach is that this is someone who um, didn't just expect to walk into the, um, you know running an NHL decor after a long NHL career he's a guy that actually um, moved his family back to print Prince Albert. He uh, is somebody who uh, spent a lot of time with youth hockey and and cutting his teeth, uh, learning how to uh, teach the next generation of player. He worked uh, for the PA Raiders for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, he had a good viewing of what was coming down the pipe in terms of young players, what they responded to. And, uh, you know, he's just been an excellent uh, addition to our coaching staff. And, and, um, you know, very proud of the fact that we've developed those uh, D-men over the last two and two and a half years and, and whatnot. Um, we're also very proud of the the forwards that we've sent up the food chain. We're very proud of um, the amount of. Uh, first-time NHL recalls. I think uh, with Lenstrom getting called up, that's our 10th in three years. So guys getting called up to the NHL for the first time in their career. So those are all things when we sit back as a coaching staff down here in Bakersfield, we're like proud parents when we see these guys go up. And, um, you know, it's exciting times for the organization for sure. All right. Well, you brought up Theodore Lenstrom, and uh, obviously he has to do a, a little bit of a quarantine. So we didn't see him on the ice today. What are we looking at here? Uh, how did he play for you in the first seven games of the season? Yeah, I, I think uh, first thing I think about with Theodore is that he's ultra ultra competitive, just like Lagason is. Um, so he's he's in the game. He's he's not sleepwalking through anything. He he's in the game from the moment the puck drops. I think he's professional with his work habits. So he's not um, a 21 year old with his eyes. Uh, um, wide open coming into to pro hockey or you know some European players that come over and are, their eyes are open by the experience on the small ice. For Theodore, I think you know he's played at a, a very high level in the Swedish elite league. He's 
professional. He uh, knows how to prepare for games. And for him, it was just getting reps at this this fast pace and with the dimensions of the building being a lot different than it is in Europe. And I, I saw somebody who made um, poised plays with the puck on breakouts, somebody who wanted to um, not lead the rush but join the rush. And uh, I, th- I saw an effective player. I don't think he's a power play quarterback. I don't think um, per se, at least not a first unit one. He's somebody that makes good plays with the pucks. I think you can trust him in his own end and he's learning the game on the North American ice sheet. Jay Woodcroft is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Bob Stoffer with you and now. Jay, uh, I had somebody uh, that, that saw you guys play this weekend uh, that said, Stoff, you guys might have something with Marcus Niemelainen. Now, when Jack and me saw him at the rookie tournament back in 2017, he was noticeable. Like, he's long and rangy and he can skate. And then he kind of disappeared, went over to Finland. By my viewing, maybe wasn't quite at the pace as a couple of the other defensemen that were at the NHL training camp in January. That's my own, you know, I could be wrong on that. Um but you're coaching this guy, and he is a prospect defenseman, a third rounder. Marcus Niemelainen, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, very, very pleasant surprise. Um, he is a six-five defenseman that might even be longer than just that 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 height, if you know what I mean. Like he 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 really gets in people's equipment. Um, what I didn't know about him was how competitive he is. Uh, so I think him him having that experience at NHL training camp in January, I think that was an eye-opener for him. I think that he got a lesson in NHL work ethic, NHL pace, uh, what's required at an NHL uh, practice, and uh, he used that lesson wisely, and he's come in with a, a seriousness about him. He's a man of few words. He doesn't, um, you know, he's not uh, overly verbose, um, but he's quiet. He goes about his business. He's professional, and uh, I think he's one of the best stories that we have going here uh, this year. Um, he's chipped in offensively. He, t- he plays against the other team's best players, and, uh, you know, you talk about some of the best hits that we've had this year. It was Marcus Niemelainen, including uh, we're up uh, late in the game uh, on the weekend. We're protecting a 2 nothing lead. The other team's pulled their goalie, and the the best player on the other team's carrying the puck through the neutral zone, and, and Marcus stepped up and put him on the bus, and uh, you know, I, I really believe that there there is something there with him. He keeps getting better, um, and he's growing before our eyes, so there might be something uh, there down the road with him, and um, I'm glad that he's continuing to apply his trade with us, and you know, set himself up to I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. 
The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hopefully have a big big summer and, and one day be a, um, an NHL option. We're joined by Jay Woodcroft. Jay, let's talk about the two games this weekend. Uh, as you know, we have a heavy analytics uh, base with our fandom here in Edmonton. And there's information to be gained on the NHL. It's a little tough in the American Hockey League, but I'm going to tell the people the numbers over the weekend. You guys outshot San Diego and Henderson uh, 80, 82 to 45 in the two games. So obviously deserve it of the 5-1 and 3 uh, nothing victories. So let's start with the victory against San Diego. It's got a real good team. And you guys shut them down pretty good on Friday night and wrote to the 5-1 victory. Yeah, it was a good hockey game and a needed result uh, for our team. And I think we talked about this last week. Yes. For me, for me, the the team all year uh, we're seeing lots of good signs with. Uh, I, you know, the there's the numbers test, and when you go to the numbers, you we look at all those things, and we have internal analytics that we look at and and whatnot. But we see us out faceoffing teams. We see us out shooting teams we see us out chancing teams on a nightly basis so it was frustrating when you're not getting the the final result and i think that will come what comes down is is the fact that um, you want to make sure that the numbers test meets the eye test as well. So you're doing your work, you're reviewing the game, we want to make sure we're seeing things clearly. And at the end of it, we felt, you know, we just have to continue to pound on the positives, to focus on our process, and eventually outcomes take care of themselves. Now, if we were seeing things that we weren't happy with, we would, we would uh, take a different um, line of thinking and, and a different tack with our team. But we saw lots of really good things. We had to clean up certain moments in our game and uh, we stuck with it. And I think that's a good lesson for younger players uh, that are, are learning how to struggle and emerge and learning how to figure out coming through a scoring slump, learning how to figure out the little things that it takes to win in professional hockey. And for them to do that at this level, hopefully that translates into uh, prepared uh, NHL hockey players down the road. So on the Friday night game, it was nice to see us build a 3 nothing lead in the first period. It allowed us to settle into the game. We ended up, um, you know, dominating possession, dominating the shot clock. And, you know, if it worked out for us that we dominated the scoreboard that night and you know the next game on the Saturday night against Henderson it was very similar to a game we played earlier in the year where it was a 1-1 game and we found a way to not win this time and which is a good sign for our team we were a 0-0 hockey game we have some injuries we're down to three lines we're scrambling and we're our third game in four nights while the other team was rested for the entire week and we found a way to stay patient to stick with it uh, to make good on the chances that we did get especially in the third period and I think that's a that's a good sign for the Bakersfield Condors uh, going forward going to ask you about a couple of prospects i told you i was going to ask you about ryan mcleod every week he scored in both games that's important mm-hmm. for him isn't it 
Yeah, I thought so. And, and you know, with with Ryan, for him to get a little bit of offensive success, we were quite happy with that. And uh, you know, the challenge with Ryan is is just making sure that he's he's hanging around those those red zone areas. And I think if you looked at both of those goals, he's he's right where he needed to be. Uh, so that's seeing some progress in his game. We're we're continuing to pound on on uh, making sure that he gets his nose dirty in search of offense, that he doesn't glide through the competitive areas, that he fights for his space and commands his share of the ice. And, uh, you know, his skating takes care of itself. Uh, He's he's over 50% in the circle, which is a good sign for a young centerman. And he's competing and above his check defensively. So for us, uh, we're just trying to continue to grow that part of his game, the offensive part. And for him to get rewarded with two goals, I think it bodes well for him going forward. You know, there was a lot of discussion about the addition of Quine. He's been a little quiet to start the year. Uh, Tyler Benson has four points in in five games. But the the two guys that have kind of led your team offensively so far have been Marodi and Gambardella. And they're almost, you know, they're still on NHL contracts. And Cooper's starting to bounce back after a couple concussions. Maybe just a quick rip on those two guys. Yeah, uh, Coop, uh, number one, he's healthy for the first time, like truly healthy for the first time in a long time. So to see him um, performing the way he is, is uh, very positive for us and very positive for the organization. He's he's feeling it offensively. He scored a great goal in San Diego where he beat an NHL defenseman uh, one-on-one and uh, found a way to, to finish it off. He is making plays on the power play. He is uh, has a natural chemistry with Benson. I've put, played him with McLeod and Benson uh, over the last two games. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's possible just for his own mental well-being, that he, that he's healthy, number one, and that he's he's finding uh, some offense. And I think it's a derivative of his competition level. It's been great uh, so far, and we're going to continue to rely on him going forward. In terms of Gambardella, um, Gambo had a tough year last year. It wasn't exactly smooth. It was, you know, but he found a way to contribute and and be a relied upon guy. And for him to uh, come into this season and find some early success I think it bodes well for him he is a blood and guts junkyard dog his game is one of effort and second effort and third effort he's a guy that um, creates chances on the forecheck with a strong stick and creates chances by tracking back to our end hard and turning pucks over and so far through the first seven games we're really seeing that what's the schedule like this week uh, Jay a little bit lighter on our schedule this week. We're, we have one game uh, on on Thursday night in San Jose, so it's a little bit of a development week for us and allows us to touch up on some areas that we want to continue to improve. And, um, yeah, we're excited about it. And, you know, we know that uh, nobody's self-satisfied with a couple wins. We're, we're just continuing to focus on us and focus on our process and, and putting that mindset forward. Jay, always appreciate the time. Thanks for the update.
Thanks, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, Jay Woodcroft. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Just a couple college updates for you. Uh, Wisconsin got three out of a possible four points in a series with Notre Dame. Uh, four assists in two games for Dylan Holloway, including three uh, in uh, the Saturday game, which was a 6-5 shootout loss. He actually won a face-off on the game-tying goal in the final 30 seconds. Dylan Holloway has eight goals and 29 points in 16 games this season, and he's having a terrific year. Uh, I, I know the comments. Uh, you heard Brian Lott on Wednesday's show last week saying, Ken Holloway may not want to hear this, but he's of the belief that Holloway can give the Oilers uh, – something when he's done the end of this NCAA season. He's got nothing left to prove in the NCAA. And the Oilers have got some prospect D's still coming as well. Lavoie had a four-point week uh, uh, or four-point game uh, playing for Vasby. They got Kemp at Vasby. Sam Arukov out with a separated shoulder for the season, so that's an unfortunate uh, break there. But the Oilers have got some defensemen coming, and Nima Linen's not a guy we've talked a lot about, but there are some people in the organization that are very excited about him. All right, uh, here we go. This day in Oilers history brought to you by Dennis and Jason Laliberti, the team at New West Travel. We're going to go back to 1984. Here's Brendan Escott. Wayne Gretzky ties his own NHL record from the 81-82 season with his 10th hat trick of the year. He scored four goals and added an assist. The Oilers hammered the Penguins 9-2 in Pittsburgh. It was Gretzky's second four-goal game in as many days. Well, uh, it was a turtle derby in 84 between Pittsburgh and New Jersey. And Pittsburgh won and got Larry, uh, Mario Lemieux. New Jersey got Kirk Muller, who ironically is one of Wayne Gretzky's best friends and just a tremendous guy. You'll hear Kirk at some point down the road on our show when the Oilers uh, end up playing against the Montreal Canadiens. Reed Wilkins has Reed Wilkins has got a long shift ahead of him, uh, but uh, just uh, if we can maybe tease a little bit what he's got uh, with inside sports, uh, Brendan. Certainly. You'll uh, hear the latest from Oilers practice with some injury updates there, as well as from Camrose, uh, Camrose Kodiak's assistant coach, Richard uh, Patois, and Edmonton football team running back James Wilder Jr. Jalen uh, Nye is uh, off today, and so uh, guest hosts Reed Wilkins and Daryl McIntyre will be hosting 6.30 Chet Afternoons today from uh, 2 until 6. We'll be back tomorrow. It's a fluid show tomorrow, but I will tell you, uh, we have Mark Spector on the show for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Our province's horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties employing Albertans and caring for our horses, Horse Racing Alberta. I know HRA sponsors Eric Francis down in Calgary as well. Uh, Eric had some comments, I guess, on Friday night's game about the Oilers' lack of depth um, in a game in which the Oilers didn't get a point from uh, McDavid and dry settle and found a way to win 2-1 and then 1-7-1 on uh, Saturday. Everybody's entitled to their opinions and sometimes uh, timing doesn't work out to people making comments as well. I do believe, uh, now i got to remember, uh, who else did Calgary have on the panel that night? 
Uh, Matt Stajan did think that the Oilers had more depth up front. So there you go. They, they took two different sides. Those things happen. It's all good. Have a tremendous uh, Monday. Again, up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen. And then Daryl McIntyre and Reed Wilkins with the 6.30 chat afternoon. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.